It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. David Wood, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Thanks, mate. I am actually excited to be here. I sometimes say that and don't quite mean it, but it's been fun, the, um, the conversation we had leading up to this. So I, this is fun. Well, we've got to shout out Meredith Bell, who made this wonderful introduction and bought the, the, amazing, the amazing David Wood. Uh, and you check out her, her amazing um, Grow Strong Leaders, I think it's called, is her podcast. I've been a guest on there. I know you, you have if you or you're going on there at some point if you haven't. And uh, But today we're all talking about the mouse in the room. Yes. We well, are. You can talk about whatever elephant, you like, really. The mouse in the room because the elephant isn't alone. I want to really quickly before you get into this, you and I, when we first got on the call, you did something that no one's ever done before in my experience. And I've met a lot of people. Can you share with our audience what that was? Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't always do that either, but it, it came up as an intuition. And I said, can we do something different? How about we each introduce ourselves for one to two minutes and we say not just the good shiny stuff, but also the stuff we might be struggling with or, or maybe be a little embarrassed about. We give a real good view of ourselves just to be seen and known. And I'm happy to go first or second. And you said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. You go first so I get a sense of what you're talking about. And we did that. And I know I felt so much closer to you after that. I felt seen and known, like he gets the whole picture of David Wood. And then you told me some things and I felt I was able to bond with you. And I forget who said the quote, but we, we bond with people over our imperfections, not the perfections. It was brilliant. And, it, and it, what it was, it was so simple. And it's something that I do have been doing really well, I think, for the last 18 months, 24 months in particular, because I'm very open about my demons. And, I, and I, when I wrote that in my book, it's all out there for all and sundry. I don't care what people think of me anymore. Like, And it just set out a really great tone. And we connected at a rate way faster than most interactions in my experience. Yeah. And that's the point of the book. The book is about taking off your mask. We could have called it that. It's about taking off the mask <laughs> in, in any relationship that matters to you. And that could be with your kids, your partner, your friends, your boss, your coworkers. In the boardroom, you can do this. And we, I show you in the book how to do it so it doesn't create a train wreck. But instead of constantly presenting something to the world like you remember the first thing you asked me when we jumped on this call your first question how are you 
How are you? Yeah. Yeah. And what did I do? You paused dramatically and thought about <laughs> the answer before you, <laughs> you spat it out subconsciously. It was great. Yeah. And the intention wasn't to, uh, drama, but the intention was for me to just find out. So instead of just automatic, yes, uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I just stopped for a couple of seconds and checked in. How am I doing? That's what the book is about. It's like discovering your mice, and I'll get to why we, why we call them mice, and then sharing that with the other person so they get a sense of who's actually there in the room. So the, the term, the elephant in the room, unless you've been living under a rock, is very probably one of the most well-known uh, analogies. What's the correlation between the mouse and the room? Yeah, well, I, I, I came up with mouse in the room because I thought, what's closest to this in our society, in our culture? And we all know about the elephant in the room. You see it, I see it, no one's saying anything. Well, that's weird, and we should stop doing that. There's an elephant in the room. Uh, in fact, I got a question for you right now. It's not an elephant, but it's a mouse for me. I can't tell. Is that a skin-colored T-shirt you're wearing, or do you have a jacket and no shirt? A jacket, no shirt on. This is my uh, this is my look. <laughs> All right, great. So, so that could be called an elephant in the room. Like you, you, you there. You got no t-shirt on. I'm not saying anything about it. That could be a little, little weird. I'm glad I did point that out. That's your look. All right. Now I know. It's my kept, flesh-colored flesh. I kept wondering about it, and we and we tend to do that. We just wonder about it. We keep it to ourselves, and maybe we go and say to someone else. I think that guy wasn't wearing a shirt. Hey, that's you know? weird. That's so weird. So that's the elephant. It's obvious. But many creatures in the room are much more subtle. They're our own personal experiences. It might be a thought I have about your shirt. It might be um, a feeling I have that I might you know, felt felt shut down in that last meeting. It might be a desire I have. It might be that something's going on with my body that's got a lot of my attention. These things don't have to be squished down anymore. We have a lifetime of learning to squish those down and ignore our own mice. And a book is here to say, no longer. We don't need to do that. Firstly, discover your mice and work out what's going on with you the way I did when you said, how are you? Firstly, discover it. Secondly, decide if it's something to be named because we're not going to just go and blurt everything out. And then thirdly, disarm the person so that they're well positioned to receive your mouse or your mice and they don't take it the wrong way. Now, I've, uh, I've taken the time to get through the book and I love it. Like I've read a lot of books in the last five years. I said to you, David, more than 500 now. And it's got a really great balance of Basic instruction, because it's a, when you read it, there's there's plenty of stories in there to give great analogies and anecdotes that are really powerful. And I, one of them, uh, maybe maybe I watched it on your YouTube channel as well, but it was about a speaking engagement that you were doing, where you spoke at the very beginning about how you were gonna you were gonna be pitching a product at the end of it, and you and you just said, "Hey, is it okay? I'm going to talk about this at the end of the speech." therefore addressing the elephant in the room because everyone who's been watching speakers that sell from the stage is like, oh, man, what's he going to be selling later on? It's terrifying, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, 
you know, those pitch fests, you, you know you're going to get a pitch at the end. Or if you don't, you know, you're building trust with the, the speaker and then at the end they try and sell you something, you might feel like manipulated, right? Which is often what you're trying to do as a speaker, manipulate the audience to take action on something that's going to be good for them and good for you. But if you don't say it, it's so weird. And that's a good example of not naming your mice. I used to, when I was uh, a beginning coach, fledgling coach, I'd offer a free session, no strings attached. And then someone would say halfway during the call, I feel like you're trying to sell me. And I was, but I hadn't gotten permission. I hadn't named it. So yes, on stage, I've learned to get up and say, I want to do everything in my power to motivate, motivate, influence, and persuade you to continue your training with me. So you can really bring this into your life. The best way I know how to do that is to give you great content and show you what's possible and outline the steps. And then at the end, I'll show you what I've got for you to help you implement it. And you can decide if you want to do that. Does that sound fair? And they said, yeah, great. Now there was nothing weird when I drop in client examples and this and that and whatever, I'd already said, I'm going to show you what's possible. And just a week ago, I was on a podcast interview and I realized I could do the same thing with the book. I would like people to read the book and go, I can now see what's possible. I'd like to work with David to bring him in and train my staff or to coach my executive team or to coach me. I would like to find the right clients out of this book. And so in that conversation a a week ago, I thought, I need to model this. So in the end of chapter one, I went and added a paragraph that said, I'm going to give you everything you need to change your life and your work. And when we're done, if you want more help implementing it, I'll show you where to go to get that to. Just named it. Now, um, the person helping me writing this was like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. that. That turns this whole thing into one big sales piece. And I said, well, hang on. All I'm doing is floating that at the beginning and then at the end I'm offering help. And so I decided to leave it in because I want to be upfront. I don't want to just get to the end and then, oh, wait, here's an offer. No, no, there'll be an offer upfront. So I'm glad you, you brought that up. I'm so passionate about what can happen when we start telling the truth with people. It builds trust and it's counterintuitive. Because you think, oh, I should hide that. That's that's what she was thinking. No, hide that. And then at the end, do the offer. No. By saying it up front, people know it's it's overt. I'm not trying to hide anything from you. I want to be, I want to own it and be in my dignity about it. And this book is about that. Well, we we don't have a huge amount of time today, and we'd love to have you back for a more in-depth background because you've lived an extraordinary life and and the people that you've brought into your life are unbelievable. I want you to pump your own tires up here for a minute because when you're dealing with the world's best courage coach, tall poppy syndrome does no longer exist in my life and shouldn't exist in yours either. You, we were talking about Spencer Johnson who wrote the book, Who Moved My Cheese? And I would say, wouldn't it be great to get an endorsement by him? And you said to me, I got an, I got a, an endorsement from a particular person. Would you repeat that statement, please? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Ivan Meissner, from, uh, he's the founder of BNI, which is a tiny little organization that has 10,000 chapters around the world. <laughs> and he was kind enough to, to give a quote that says, this is the best book for managers and leaders since Who Moved My Cheese? 
And so I'm very grateful for that. And also I'm grateful for you because you are the first, like this book has not been available until uh, uh, even, you know, for author copies, for advanced copies, and it, it comes out June 13. But you were the first person, the first podcast host to get an advanced copy and just getting your feedback and telling me what you love about the book means a lot to me. So this is a special moment. Well, I mean, you deserve it. And, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump your tires up even more because Jack Canfield's written one of the, well, you've got two forwards written. I forget the other lady's name, who I don't know quite so well. Susan, but Susan Campbell. Right. Yeah. Um, I think John Gray, like you've, you've had Byron Katie on your podcast. Like there's some serious people that you brought into your life. And, and having experienced some of that, I'm, I'm a bit earlier on in my journey, people like that don't hang around with dickheads. Right, as a fundamental rule. So whatever you are doing is having a powerful impact. I know that your life coaching search rank came, you were number one on Google at at one point, if not still, you've impacted 150,000 coaches' lives, survived a tremendous adversity in your life. You're an actor. You're a vampire in one of the videos that I saw as well. Dracula, yeah. Dracula, sorry. And... um, just got so much going on. What what have I missed? Well, actually, I want to double click on something you just said. You said those people don't hang with the kids. Was that the dickheads? Dickheads. Oh, dickheads. Yeah, don't hang with dickheads. Yeah, they don't hang with dickheads. That's true. And and I, I like the expression they don't hang with the kids. Um, you know, I don't think if I if I wasn't and I'm still a student of this work, right? Mouse in the room, authenticity, training, leadership. I'm still a student of it after 25 years, but I believe if I wasn't modeling this, I wouldn't get to be on the Transformational Leadership Council with Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup and John Gray. I wouldn't have gotten to be walking with Marianne Williamson and asking her if she was single. Like I, I wouldn't get those opportunities to be with an Oscar-winning producer. And um, I'm hoping Don Miguel Ruiz is going to be at the next retreat that's coming up in July because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. And I think it's because I kept practicing mouse naming, especially when it was awkward or scary. That's when you get the biggest payoff. So some of the things I've said to some of those people, I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it was honest. You know, the first retreat I went to at the TLC, I stood up and I said, I am starstruck. I, I just want to touch each of you, hoping your fame and success will rub off on me. And I want to say things that will impress you so that you like me. And I'm going to try and, and restrain that impulse. Uh, but that's that's who I am right now. And, and I'm hoping that's going to shift. That was my introduction. I just named my mice and people got a sense of, oh, and I think they could relate. It's like, yeah, that's what it's like walking into this group. So thanks for bringing that up. That is what's possible, not just in terms of maybe joining the TLC, but in terms of your family wanting to be with you more, your coworkers wanting to work with you, people wanting to hire you, people wanting to pay you. These things happen. They may not know why. They'll just know, I trust this person. There's something authentic about you. They might not even know that. I just trust this person. I want to work with them. Let's get that guy. Let's get that lady. Let's let's do that. And it's because you're being more you. I adore that. Ordinarily, at this point, I would say, 
David, how can people find you? But you've got a mouse naming exercise that you'd like to put out to the audience. Yeah, I'll give a I'll give a mouse naming. Oh, you mean to to, to discover their mice? Is that what you're talking to, about? To to schedule this bad boy in their calendar. Oh, right. For well, the I, have a, I do have a desire mouse. So you can you can get the book at any time at mouseintheroom.com. Go there. There'll be a link to Amazon. Um, but my desire mouse is that you help me with the launch. We're going to do a bestseller campaign because it's fun. It's a good way to bring people together. We're going to drive it to the top of Amazon. So what I am asking you to do, if you resonate with this concept and you'd like to help me start a mouse naming revolution, let's make some noise. Set your alarm uh, for noon Pacific. Now, I know a lot of your listeners will be in Australia. So first thing, Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Tuesday morning, June 14 uh, for Australia would be great. In, a, in the US, we're doing it noon Pacific on June 13, which is the Monday. But set your alarm and go at that time and buy the book. And in fact, we're going to have a Kindle special. So I say buy for 99 cents on that day, buy 15 Kindle books and you can gift them to your friends and coworkers. I promise you, mouse naming is going to be so much easier if the people around you know what you're talking about and they're also mouse naming and, you go, and you're supporting each other and being more transparent. You can go it alone, totally, but why not take advantage of the Kindle special? It helps us because it's going to drive it up to the top of Amazon on that particular day. Mouseintheroom.com will have the link to that and it will have the bonuses. We've got a couple of really cool bonuses for you for, for helping us in the campaign. Fantastic. And for those who haven't written books, 1% is really writing the book and 99% is the, the part afterwards, just in case wondering, at so the mercy true. of the algorithms of Amazon, right? <laughs> so yep. hook a brother up, as they say. David, yeah, that's right. I want to put a stamp on this next imprint of the book that says international bestseller. Now, look, I know it doesn't mean what it used to 20 years ago, but it's still pretty cool to, to have it on the book and it will help open more doors. And my, my why and this is one of the things that I, I say in the book, share your why when you want people to do something. My why is I want to start a mouse naming revolution. I want a culture where kids are going to their parents saying, hey, mommy, can I name a mouse with you? I want to say people in the boardroom saying, I just want to name a mouse here. I've been feeling this and I want to bring it to you because I think it'll have us work closer together. I want to shift our culture from one of division to one of connection mouseintheroom.com. David, do you have any concluding thoughts for our audience today? Brother, I can't top that. I, I love how that just came out. And I'm, <laughs> I, I, self-expression mouses, I, I'm just writing down the time reference because I'm like, I want to go and get that, get that clip. No, um, you know, people listening to this are going to know if they feel they're called to taking off the mask more and connecting more and building more trust and influence and so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to rest on that. Ladies and gentlemen, David Wood. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks 
that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.